It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. Welcome to Access Atlanta. This week, I'm here with Sheila Poole, who uh, has covered just about everything there is to cover, I believe, uh, in our paper. She's probably written just about every kind of story you can imagine. Uh, welcome, Sheila. Well, thank you. Thank you. And and I've covered just about everything but beer, because I'm not ah. a beer drinker. So this was really an experience for me. I cook with beer, right? but... Um, I don't drink it. Okay, well, well, tell us a little bit about uh, what you have brought us this week. This On this week's podcast, we'll talk to Skinny DeVille, 808 Blake, and Fish Scales, three members of the Grammy-nominated group Nappy Roots. Right. And they talked about, the group has just really done uh, really well in music. Right. Many of them hail from, um, went to Western Kentucky University. Right. Um, and shout out to the Kentucky folks, Louisville. <laughs> but um, at any rate... Uh, they have done well with music, been nominated for Grammys, um, with All and All and places like that, and, right. and songs like that. Right. But now they're going into the craft beer market, hmm. and they've been doing that for about one or two years, yeah. and they all love beer. Huh. They love beer, and when they used to tour, that was in their rider. Right. They had to have beer. And, of course, when you're at a university, you're going to party with beer anyway. Right. But, you know, it was sort of the low-end type beers. Yeah. And then they discovered craft beer. Right. And it just took off. And the group members really loved it. And they started talking about doing their own craft uh, beer. And so, and, and they're actually, the themes are sort of tied to some of their songs, uh, like right. Chicken and Grits and... Right. Things like that, watermelon chicken grits and yeah. um, humdinger, and uh, so it's, it was an experience to talk with them, and they did let me sample right. the beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so I, how did that go for a non-beer drinker? For a non-beer drinker, well, the problem was it was warm, oh. and I don't know if anyone likes warm beer, but it was actually pretty tasty. And all I could think about is we just need to get a frosted mug. Yeah. Uh, and it would just be wonderful. Right. Right. But uh, it, it will work in your greens and in your grill and on your grill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's really, it was it was different. It was a good taste. Yeah. Well, it's always fun to cook with beer, too. That's, that's, I, I, do. I, I do that, I too. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, um, so you talked about now, they, you said they've been doing this for a couple of years. Well, yeah. Um, and they're working with Monday Night Brewing here. Oh, okay. Um, 
And the interesting thing is that um, they want to do a reality show tied to their love of beer and their music. And they plan to go around the country. It's still in development, but they plan to go around the country and talk to craft beer lovers and visit the different uh, breweries around um, the country. So that seems like a very interesting take because you can imagine... Uh, nappy roots and some of the places they might end up and some of the beer drinkers they'll end up speaking with. So it right. might be a pretty good uh, viewing experience huh. for uh, beer lovers. Um, and I think that will be good. Uh, they're you know always working on music. Right. And one thing that's really interesting is they want to expose more African Americans to craft beer. Right. Um, And I think they have some really, and this is a way to do that because people are very familiar with their music Mm -hmm. and with the group. And this is just an area, and I think there are African-American craft uh, beer drinkers, obviously. But it's just no one's really marketed to that demographic. So that's one thing they plan to do. Right. I mean, it seems like a a really good opportunity for someone. I think it is. They may have converted me. Who knows? Just waiting for that tequila beer, right? Ah, tequila flavored mm, beer, and, and they have. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, you know, they 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 often like will put them in in you know liquor barrels and things like that. And I they think. did that. They did that with a, a, a distiller, a bourbon distiller, right, right? Kentucky that it was aged in uh, one of those bourbon barrels, right? Uh, which added a, a different kind of right. So, and there's yeah. there's that Kentucky. Uh, connection too. That's so. right. That's yeah. right. And I think front porch was one. Um, watermelon chicken spelled differently in grits. And that's a golden ale with watermelon. Um, which is sort of an interesting combination. And then the humdinger. Right. And uh, they, yeah. yeah, they launched that earlier this year at Monday Night Brewing. Right. And the company they, the group has named his company uh Atlantucky. Huh. Which is a combination of their right. because several members live in Atlanta in Metro right. Atlanta, right. so it's a combination of you know ties into their roots in Kentucky, but also Atlanta. So um, it's good. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So they um, and did you? I think that uh, didn't you do some video when they were they came in with uh, with them? We did. We have a video uh, that I think people will really uh, love because they talk about the beer. Uh, you'll see me do a sample, a, a taste sample, <laughs> and it was just really fun hanging out with the guys. I right. think people will really enjoy it. And you don't have to like craft beer to love Nappy Roots. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's a great thing about this. It's like it's it's music fans and beer fans. There's something for everyone. Yes, so. there is. Let's take a listen to Sheila's story uh, about Nappy Roots and uh, their entry into the craft beer market. Hi, I'm Sheila Poole with the Atlanta Constitution and welcome to the Access Atlanta podcast. And with us we're going to talk beer, we're going to talk music, and we're going to talk reality TV. Let me clarify that, we're going to talk craft beer. Okay, not your well Miller Lite, not Miller Lite, but um, we're here with members of Nappy Roots. Um, yeah, yeah, in, in the A, from the L, Louisville, 
but and I want I want you guys to introduce yourselves and then let's talk about how you got into craft uh, beer. Uh, well, I'll start. I'm Fish Scales One Fourth and Happy Roots, uh, a newly home brewer. I'm Skinny Deville, Nappy Roots representative. Ada Way Blake, DJ producer, Nappy Roots, and beer connoisseur. Okay, and let's talk about beer. How did you guys get into uh, craft uh, beer? To me, the evolution um, of me being aware of just not just liking beer, but oh, this is actually a specific higher bracket of beer was through scales. And um, my manager in, in 808 Blake, this is for me, like it evolved from me just liking Red Stripe to find that I was drinking craft beer the whole time. You know, I didn't even know I was drinking it. He was, he was the last one to, to jump, on, <laughs> jump on the bandwagon. So basically me and Scales, we would, uh, as we would tour a lot, we, you know, the first thing we would do is we get to a new city is figure out what's the, what's the brewery, what's the local brewery around or what's the local brews. Because it, 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 what, what it, we came to find out is that those are the most communal places you can go. And that's where people, you know, if you have, this, if you have a show in the city or wherever, you can kind of get a message out to people. And you know that everybody is like, oh man, um, it, just, it was easy to disseminate a message that we got a show tonight, come out. But it was also just a gathering spot of people, and, and it was just something that we just started to seek out. And, you know, over the course of four years, five years of doing it, you know, we, we touched like a hundred and something breweries. So it just became our thing. Yeah, and, and my motivation for diving deeper into it was the education of it. Like, I learned that there's a brewery on every corner. There's a different kind of beer for every style of beer that you, you, that you can think of. So it's like, why just keep drinking the same beer? Right. You know, learn who's, learn the difference between beer, even the politics and the whole brewery game. And we just caught the bug and we, we loved it. And we've been making beer for almost a year now. Okay, and now it's you, only going up. You started, I think, um, you may have told me, Skinny, that you used to have a part of your rider was to mm -hmm. have beer yeah, on is. tap. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well tell me about how your taste evolved because What's the difference? If you're used to Red Stripe or Michelob and then you have craft beer, where is that aha, wow, what in the heck have I been missing? <laughs> um, my moment actually came, um, it wasn't with, with Red Stripe, it was with um, Monday Night's Serrano Eye Patch. And um, this already happened when we already started, made our first collaboration with them, which is the Front Porch. And um, they had an Eye Patch, which is uh, one of their beers they have, and they um, put Serrano peppers in it. And as soon as I drank it, I was like, wow, what is this? My, my whole tongue went, just awoke to something that I didn't know was even there. It was just a whole other palate that was in the back. It was like, this is good. This is not just regular beer. This has a flavor to it. And I asked Peter, who's the head brewer, I was like, why, why is this so good? And he's like, oh, man, we messed up on a batch. And the only way to fix it was to add peppers. And I was like, what? And then it was like, oh, you can add different things to the beer to give it its own unique um, style. And each beer has that opportunity within the making of how you make it. And then once, like Scale said, once I became, became edu educated about the process of beer, um, it, it just, I had to be, I wanted in, you know? And from there, it's like, it's no more Red Stripe. Red Stripe is no more. Like, this is a whole nother set of, of drinking and appreciation that I found um, in the last couple of years that just, I don't drink anything else but craft right. beer now. And even that story, that's just about somebody trying something new. Uh, it's not a big difference in taste in most beers. You don't drink craft beer and be like, oh, this is so much better than everything else I had. 
you drink craft beer and you'd be like, I've never had this flavor. And it makes you want to try another flavor and another flavor. And that's the beauty of craft beer, it's so many different kinds. He drunk Red Stripe every time he drunk beer. So the moment he tastes something different, it's like, okay. He's very stuck in his ways. <laughs> I'm an old soul at yeah. yeah, so you got to try different things. Yeah, and I mean, I think for us, like, as we travel, you, you, you also see the different regions of where you are. Right. I mean, like, a lot of the ingredients have different things that are infused of what's local to that specific area. So it was just like this cool of, like, you just explore. It's like an explorer, you know. You're, you're tasting now. You're seeing different artwork. I mean, sometimes we pick things. We'll go in a store and we'll just look at the artwork and be like, "Oh, that's dope. Let's try that." Whether we know whether it's good or not, it's just it's interesting. It, it, it draws you in. And it's it artistic, makes you wanna, though. Yeah. It's so an artistic value to the beer. Yeah, and there's a creativeness that I think as musicians that we can share with craft beer is that it's like it's an open. There's no formula. I mean, there are form. There's re recipes, but the, people right. are are being creative and coming up with new things and reinventing things you can and take it there yeah and I, and we love that that independent uh attitude that they have because we apply that the same thing we do with music okay and let's talk the name of the company let's make sure we give people the name of the company and then uh the beer okay let's talk about atlantucky brewing Atlantucky. Yeah. Atlantucky. Yeah. When you say you got to say Atlantucky. <laughs> you got not Atlantucky. It's Atlantucky. Uh, we're all over every social media platform. Uh, the name came from just me and Blake being from Georgia and the rest of the crew being from Louisville. And we want to represent that as much as we can in everything we do. Okay, right. you mean Louisville, Kentucky, home of the Louisville Cards? Okay. Home of Ali. <laughs> home of Ali. Yeah. Home of Ali. It was yep. a little sad. The Kentucky <laughs> Derby. Yeah. Kentucky Derby. It, okay. it, it also shows our journey, too, from, from both, you know, as a group started in Kentucky to Atlanta, where we cut some of the biggest records we've, we've made. And it's, these two cities have, been, have so much in our fiber of what, in the DNA of what Nappy Roots is. So... It was only just that we gave both of those equal, you know, love in the title. So yeah. Nappy Roots drove from Kentucky to Atlanta so much. We still do. Like that drive, we know that drive is, a, like you say, is a huge part of who we are. Okay. And uh, this beer. What was the first one? The first beer? That we made? Yeah. Front Porch Pale Ale. Front Porch was our first collaboration um, that we did with Monday Night. And then um, our second collaboration was also with Monday Night, which was the Humdinger. We made that back in uh, last August. It took 10 months for it to age and two Kentucky bourbon barrels. Um, and then we used Uganda vanilla beans to add a little bit of flavor to it. Then our third collaboration was with Against the Grain out of Louisville. And this is uh, Watermelon Chicken and Grits based off our first album that pretty much made us who we are as Nappy Roots. As far as us making our own beer out of Atlantucky, uh, we've been making beer out of um, the garage since uh, November. And we probably got a about 13 or 14 beers under our belt right now that we've made. And Monday night, you've already sold out of Humdinger. <laughs> yeah, we did. And we sold out of Front Porch, too. The, the beers we make, even though they're very good, um, they don't last long with our collaborations because we have a big base, and our PR team is, is excellent, and we get the, the, the word out to our base that, you know, come try a new beer, and they come, and they try it out, and then it's gone. So now, really, it didn't last long. With some breweries, they actually have, they train uh, employees and owners about taste. Who does what for Antucky? Who has the, the right palate? Who? This, this, this is our, this is our, I mean, all beers have to go through scales first and foremost. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. But um, it's definitely a team effort. Me and Skinny, we do a lot of research and development in the um, garage. 
a lot, probably more than we should. Yeah. But every time we want to make a beer, we go to Hop City and we find a beer that's in that style. Like if we want to make a Belgium strong, what did we find yesterday? Oh, uh, it was a triple. We're making a Belgian triple We're today. making a triple today. And I bought two six packs of Belgian triple yesterday. Yeah. And we'll Half taste it. We'll see what we don't like about it or what we do like. And we try to add our personality to it. Um, and, and we just go from there. But yeah, it's definitely a team effort because Blake could tell us if he don't like it. You know, he'll, he'll be honest Quick with us. Tell oh, he that. won't say nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife, she's very honest. Yeah. <laughs> she's probably too honest. She will tell me if it's not a good beer. In her opinion, but I like everybody's opinion. I like a woman's opinion. I like a woman that don't like beer opinion, you know, because we're trying to make beer to reach as many people. I think a lot But of I do have a good palate for beer. Okay. And the thing about beers is that not only are there so, there's, there's different styles and stuff, and so it really is about what your preference is right. for style. Like for me, I'm more pale ale IPAs. I like, that's, 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 my, that's my jam right there. But you know what? <laughs> that might be the most underrated part about craft beer. You have to know what your style is. Right. right you do. Because you could be way right, right. when you actually like left. Right. Some people don't like stouts and they never will. So you can't give a newcomer um, yeah. the humdinger. Like yeah. if I gave this to, I have given it to my family and they didn't like it because they weren't used to the different right. flavor of stout. And, and the color throws you off if you're not used yeah. to, if you're used to looking you at Miller Lite or beer. Bud Light, <laughs> like, a, yeah. a dark beer will be like, what is that? It my, looks like oil. My father, I, I gave him some of these and he likes these. And he's, he used to drink Michelobes as I was growing up. And then he stopped drinking for a while and became a deacon. And um, so he doesn't really drink like he used to, but I still took it over there. And he had two of these. He's like, I like that. He came to the house and I gave him this. One sip, he's like, no, no, I'm good. I don't need that. <laughs> Plus and it's like, yeah, yeah, and it's strong. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, this ain't nothing to be toyed around with. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. it'll, it'll sit you down. But, it'll get you up, either depending on what you're doing. But um, it's two different styles of beer. And that is the point. This is a golden ale, and this is a pretty much imperial rye stout. Like, this is probably, you know, on the high end, this is a bourbon barrel stout, you know. And this is for your... This is a easily, this is for everybody. The humdinger to me is for if you really are into craft beers right. and you are, a, you know, you are a collector and a connoisseur, you are more privy to this one than you are a normal, your normal drinker who likes light things and, and, and likes something that is similar to your Coors Lights, everything like that is easy to drink. This one is more suited for that. Crushable beer is what yeah. they call it. A easily crushable beer. It's With all that said, I would say this is our, our best beer this is my we ever made because it's the most complex beer. Yeah. Yeah, it's I guess it's very complex. You know, that has a uh, Ugandan yes. vanilla yes. beans yeah. in there. And it was aged in two Kentucky bur months, uh, right? burrows, bourbon barrels like this, and, yeah, and, 10 months. And you savor, you, this one you savor a little bit more. This like like you would a good bottle of wine or a good bottle of bourbon. You, you, you take your time with this one. You know what I'm saying? This one is a cookout. Throw it back and see how you feel. And calls in, calls in 30 minutes. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the markets that are underrepresented in craft beer, women and African-Americans. And tell me how your beer fits into that and what you would like to do to expose more African-Americans to craft beer and why you don't see more. Um, I think every beer kind of fits into it because black people like beer, like just like everybody else. The whole world loves beer. And that's another great thing about beer. We, right now, we invented beer. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to look yeah, into that. Yeah. Um, right now, the, the craft beer demographic is white male at a certain age. I don't know the exact age, but that's their best demographic. 
But um, we are making it a mission of ours to educate and show people that there's other things, there's better beer than just um, Reserve 211. Still Miller Lite, drink that. Even Miller Lite, like just try something new. And I always try to make it a point to bring family to breweries and they just be overwhelmed and they love it. So it's contagious. So I think every beer will work. It just takes some pioneers to come in and, and, and take it there and build a bridge and to I, the black community. And I think that, I think for a long time, you know, there were certain beers that were where black people congregated, clubs, certain things. So you go to a club, you're getting Heineken, you're getting your Coronas, you're getting a Bud Light. And you know, if that's where we go, you know, it's, it, that's what we're gonna generally move towards. And there's marketed. no reason for that. Why, yeah. why do all the black bars only have Heineken and right. Corona? Yeah, it, when there are black, what, not black breweries, but there are breweries right in the community that could be supplying beers to the, um, it just had, we hadn't had access. We hadn't, nobody showed us yet. Right. And there are black brewers. I was yes. amazed at the number. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. You have your company, you have uh, the Cajun Fire, I think, I've heard of in it. New Orleans, uh, the, Har the one in Harlem. So there are blacks who right. work in this industry. What are the challenges in, in doing that? Is, is it a matter of distribution, cost? I mean, it's, you know, it's, and not to be and not to be rude to anybody, but it, like it, it's been a white man's game for a long time. So you know, it's just, it's just yeah, just 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 as as anything is, just like baseball and Jackie Robinson broke through. It's gonna it takes a couple, you know, it takes a couple people to open it up and, and, and let and let people see that you know that that other people that there's a whole other lane of people that that could enjoy this, and maybe we should maybe market or or maybe we should. Uh, push things towards that, that audience right there. And I just think they never had to. And right. so now, you know, it's, and we want to show them that, yo, we got, when we had our event here, it was 50% black, you know? And, and that was beautiful to see because it's opening up all these people that probably wouldn't know about Monday Night Brewing to craft beers in this cool place and this cool, it's located right in the belt, belt line. And like, people are like, I live right over here in the West End. I live right over here. Like, I'm definitely coming over here. And so, it's just about exposing people to, to certain things. And, you know, as we're lucky enough to have, be able to have done well in music, to have a name and have something that speaks out that we can say, yo, y'all should come over here. This right. is pretty dope. And when we did, people showed up. And that's, that's kind of the beauty of it. And that's why we think we can help open the, open the floodgates a little bit more towards um, a black audience. Yeah. Okay, I, like the, I like the idea, though, of, of turning people on to something that they didn't right. know about. And then, um, again, we're using the word, the, the, the palate, and just introducing your palate to the other flavors that are out there that you didn't know existed. Right. And we like things that are good, fun, safe, you know, cool, family-oriented. Family yeah. You can bring your dog or your baby to a brewery, but you would look very funny taking them into a liquor store or a bar. Hmm. And that's what a brewery does to a community is it brings communities, uh, people in the community together. And if you put a brewery in the hood, you know, we have to be open to the hood coming in and spending the dollar because the black dollar is powerful. We can shut down the bus system like we did in the 60s 
or we can make Black Panther be the highest selling movie in the world. Like we can do what we want to do and we spend money where we are respected at. And I think breweries is the next level where you can still be respected because even if it is a bunch of white people brewing and they're owning it or whatever, but they still have a certain level of understanding about people, brewers do. They're cool, they're like surfers, they're like hippies. Like they like grow weed, but they don't grow weed. They're very about everybody. They're like, come on in, it's all good. Let's have a drink, you want a drink? The community is so open and giving and we as, as black people, we, we like that. We need that, we want that, we want to be involved in America. And this is part of America is what makes America so dope is there's small businesses all over the country popping up and they're giving someone a good time that's not gonna kill them immediately over a bar fight or so, uh, cirrhosis or, and I'm not saying you don't get cirrhosis from drinking out beer, but the only thing you probably get out of here is a beer belly and you get a good night's sleep, you know? And those things to me are good for us as a culture and hip hop. We spend billions of dollars. We are a, a multi-billion dollar industry. And if you put beer, which is also a billion dollar up and coming industry that merges with hip hop, that cross point, we're not even there yet. We're, we're like this. We're not even at the center point of those two things colliding and everybody coming out and this is where we go to kicking now. Like this, this, we're not there yet. But when that happens, it's gonna be a good mix of people and the melting pot that makes America, America is, that's what I'm waiting on. Because you made a good point. You said they, they haven't had to yet. Like craft beer is still growing, but I think that time is coming and, and we want to make it even quicker. We want to be a big part of that change. Can we open one of these? Yeah, and let's yeah. segue yeah. also to your reality show. <laughs> she wants to taste something. Way. I feel like what she keeps this? looking, she wants to taste something. Yeah, okay. Now we we'll go for it. Well. We're gonna do that. Ryan's gonna do it because I, I, I'm not a beer drinker. I Sheila, doesn't to drink. I cook with beer, but we're, I'm going Don't to be a beer drinker Sheila. after this. We're gonna get her a drink of beer I'm by the end of this segment. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But let's talk about your reality show because okay. that's another way you're op you'll open it up to other people. Right. So we've been we've been developing uh, a TV show called Forty Acres in the Brew, um, and basically it highlights. Um, the fact that we travel to some places, small towns, um, we do a lot of rural towns in America. And the biggest thing that we've noticed is that there's cool people in these towns, despite maybe there's a stigma of where you are, or maybe it's, it seems like, I don't know if we should be over here. It doesn't feel like the best area. Um, but the show is kind of basically show that the things that you can accomplish over a beer. And as we tour and we go to these different places, we understand that there's cool places in these small towns. And it just, we're able to have uncomfortable conversations over a beer and talk to people that maybe don't see black people or maybe they don't see uh, people from a, a major city as often. And so they got their preconceived notions, we have ours. But over a beer, we can find common ground. We can talk about the things that everybody's a little bit afraid to. And we can get to know and find like, a, I just think that in this country, we need a lot more unity right now. And we preach that a lot as Nappy Roots, that there's good people in all these places. And I think sometimes in big cities, we sit in our, we sit in our big cities and we judge what the people are doing in the country. And in the country they judge, they, they do it the same way. And we want to be able to showcase a lot um, through this show and through craft beer that we can come together a little bit more. And beer is just one of the, the coolest ways to unify people and have these conversations with people because everybody loves beer and music too though yeah like in sports you know you i think we are divided as a country um but only for a short amount of time you know maybe the last two um presidents they did take us in a in a 
you know, we love Barack Obama and what he did for us as a culture and society and as a country. And then you've got to have the balance of that that's happening right now. And everybody has their, their corners that they go to when they want to just find the answers in their own corners. You know, you, you have your blogs and your social media that you listen to and look to, your news stations. And we have ours and we listen to. And, but someone who watches Fox all day and someone who watches MSNBC all day, they sit at a bar, they can talk about how good this beer is or why they liked it, and what are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking this. It doesn't matter about your political affiliation or where you're from. It doesn't matter your credit score, your GPA, how many kids you have, how many kids you have on child support, none of that. It matters that this beer is good. Right now the beer is good. What do you think about this on TV, the sports? It, you know, if now we're into the um, World Cup, and it's, just, it's a common denominator that brings all walks of life to the same watering hole. Okay, now, we uh, all when is the show gonna air? We're gonna start hopefully shooting at right now late fall of um 2018. Okay. so we're, we're getting everything together right now with that and um we're gonna hopefully be able to announce um august september um okay. official title and and an official home for it so everything is still in negotiations right now but i i, I re we're really excited about it it's something that we've spent a lot of time talking about this has been a four-year thing we've talked about with this reality show putting it together and how cool it would be to showcase not only our travels, but also us trying to build Atlantucky up. And you'll, you'll, you'll see that as we, tr it always will start at Atlantucky. And you'll watch a, a garage brewery start to build up. And in each episode, you'll watch new, more equipment, new stuff over here. And just, just uh, you know, the knowledge that we'll, we, we, we gain as we travel and, and go to these different breweries and tour these different places. American drink. Yeah, it, it just showcases that. And right here. That's right. And also, what about your music? Your nappy roots, after Absolutely. all. Absolutely. Right. Um, you got to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. And what made us who we are is the music that we put out. And um, there will be, it's the whole idea also on the premise of the actual TV show is based on our tour schedule. So as we tour, because we're booked as Nappy Roots and we're performing music, we're able to hit these cities. And right before we go on, on, the, on, the, on stage, we'll stop by a brewery or two, check it out, see what's going on, talk to the people, the common folk, and see if we have something in common. Do we want to come back and make a beer with you guys? Are you guys cool enough? Are you guys big enough? Do you guys like us? You know, are you coming to the show? You know, you're invited. Everybody that works here, tickets on us, you know. So we're, we're, we're meshing and melding the music into our new aspirations. And it's, to me, it's a, the reality show idea has been in our, circle for a long time as Nappy Roots, a hip-hop group. You guys should do a reality show. Let's do a reality show about how you guys are coming back. And it's like, eh, we are, we're good. We don't need to come back and do anything. We're making music, our base is there. But to educate people on this idea and us to also learn something about it as we go, because each brewery has a technique that they learn that they might tell us about as we talk about stouts. You know, we go to brewery, how do you make your stout? Oh, we do it like, okay, that's on camera. We learn, they learn, everybody learns. So it has an educational component as well as, um, you know, there will be some Napa Roots music playing through every episode. I'm gonna make sure of that. And you will see new music come out. You will see Napa Roots as we're working on our next project that we're trying to get out also this year. Um, you're going to see all the, the comings and goings of how a hip-hop group of our stature and our age, you know, it's no secret we've been in the game since, you know, 95, 96. Our first album came out in 2002 and sold a million records. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> and so, you know, um, we've been in the game for a while, but we have fun doing what we do because we love to do it. So we're you not pressed. They also have a podcast. They have a podcast. These guys will make you exhausted. <laughs> Reality TV show in the works, the craft beer, 
a podcast, right. and the music. Yeah. So what, where can people reach out to you? What's your handles on social media? And where can you find the beer in Atlanta? I would keep it simple. Just search Nappy Roots. Uh, Twitter, at Nappy Roots. Instagram, at Nappy Roots. We have a few other pages that kind of um, are like branches from those pages. Atlantucky on Instagram. Um, Nappy Hour, the podcast, which you can find on Nappy Roots as well, nappyroots.com, and on uh, SoundCloud. Right, our clothing shop, um, Nappy Head. Nappy um, Head Shop. Nappy Head Shop on Instagram, if you want to see some of the merch we're working on. And we got new Atlantucky merch. So yeah, we're working a lot, and we, we're very active on social media. We check it ourselves. If you hit us, we'll do our best to hit you back yeah. and communicate. And where can you buy the beer? Uh, beer, um, Hop City. Hop City. Uh, yeah. on West, in West Mar- off West Marietta Street. And on Crog. And on Crog Street. Uh, we've got, so if you're in the Atlanta area, make sure you check it out. If you're in Louisville, go to Against the Grain Brewery. Um, they, they got stuff. Or come to Monday night. You might Monday run night. into us. If you're in Monday night and, you, and you're really good friends with Peter Kiley, he might <laughs> he be might able to break back. you off with some of this. But this right here now, because it's almost like Bitcoin. Yeah. Because we only made so many. There's only, and there's only so many left. Like the value just went up on these joints. What we want to do is, is you need to come to come to Monday Night Brewing and you beg Peter Kylie to make more of the humdinger yeah. and see what it, see if we can get him to to, to do a bigger man. barrel batch of this. Okay. Because we'd love to we'd love to bring some more of this out to the fans out there. It just this just took ten months to make, so I'm sure the next one will probably take a little bit longer because we're gonna be that much more keen to some of the subtle nuances to make it better. Like you know, ten months is dope in a bird, but what about twelve? You know, what about thirteen months in a bird? What if we really age it? like a real bourbon and see what happens. You know, some bourbon takes, you know, seven to 10 years for it to really get where it's going. You know, they have a beer here Monday night that he aged for 26 months. And it's very smooth as well, so. so and now yeah. we're gonna try it. We're gonna try the beer. Ryan? No. Uh-uh. no. Sheila? Okay, I'm gonna Sheila try it. I'm going to try the beer. <laughs> the heat is on. Okay. Well, you're a beer connoisseur. Okay, work. let's do it. We still gotta work. Let's do it. I think I've already tried some. We'll, tr- we'll try this one. This is the lesser yeah. of two evils. No, I'll try them both. That's what I'm talking about. I am trying the humdinger. And describe humdinger for me. All right, the, the humdinger is an imperial rye stout um, aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels. And we added Uganda vanilla beans for a little bit of flavor. Okay. So nine, it has a chocolate vanilla chocolate vanilla hint to it. But um, right. You're drinking a piece of Kentucky. Thank think, think about it. First okay. smell it. Get a whiff of what's going on in there. Let's not leave it out. I can't. I was going to include. Anyone else want to partake? That's cool. Cool, cool. Camera crew. You do smell a little bit of the vanilla. You smell the vanilla in here. Oh, yeah. The vanilla is there. Okay. Ready? All right. Let's do a toast. You 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 don't have to throw it back. Okay. Don't throw it back. You you see how I party, right? It's to be said. You ain't throwing that like that. Louisville, that's it. She's standing up. Let me stand up, too. Louisville, stand up. Great. Don't just say that. It really is good. No, it seriously is. It is yeah, good. Really like it's smooth. It's, so it's got, a, it it's got smooth. a smoothness. It's, it is smooth. You get a little bit of the, of the bourbon burn at the, at the back. Yeah. yeah. And if you notice, you can drink it at room temp. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like wine is similar. It's getting close to the wine properties of yeah. things. And, and the, the more it ages, the longer it ages, the better everything, all the, the things settle within the actual beer itself. So. And I've had bourbon and this isn't giving me the burn, which is yeah. good. It goes down really smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about this smell? It's a little weird. It's the watermelon. It's different. Yeah. 
And you actually use watermelon with it? Yes. Yeah. This was uh, used with 220 pounds of watermelon puree. Wow. On the um, second fermentation. Well, I love Which watermelon, watermelon, chicken, and grits. So. Yeah, and I love the album. Here, here. This is good. See, that one's for more of our, our universal See, fan, fan yeah. base. Pinky came up. Uh oh. Came up. Game time. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely more traditional. Um, this is good on a hot on a hot summer day. You can you can throw, throw this a couple. Chilled. Yes, on the same. Man, on, on yes. Yes. It's real good. good. And you know, like he said, a hot summer day. You're chilling. You're grilling. You're watching the kids playing the slip and slide, feet up. That's what you want. And a quick fact, um, grits is also represented in the corn that we use. Mm -hmm. um, it's up, actually it's the same thing, right? You can put grit, you can make beer out of grits. We've actually done it in my garage. Yeah, we done. So we try to stick to the name of the beer, watermelon, chicken, and grits. Um, the chicken, there's some seasoning that they do in Kentucky against the grain that they know how to kind of duplicate mm -hmm. a Just chicken some herbs flavor. and spices. A couple mm -hmm. herbs and spices. And your best seller is a humdinger. They both are. They both, both the, sold these, out. This one, um, we had we made 9,000 cans. They were all, all completely, all the distributors picked them up. Um, a lot went to Kentucky, the whole state, within different cities. Um, quite a few cases went to Chicago. Um, they picked up on it um, in Illinois, and then 70 cases came to Atlanta, and it was spread out through a few um, uh, uh, beer spots like uh, Greens and Hop City. But they all got distributed out. There's none left at the brewery where they actually were made. So, and as far as the Humdinger, they're all out. They were made here, and they were sold here. And and watermelon chicken and grits is our first. I call it nationally distributed beer. Even though it was only in two states. <laughs> Three. Regionally. It's more of a regional well, distributor. Yeah, but like you said, a few stores in Chicago or a store in Chicago. But that's the start of it. It has yeah. the capability of going to about 37 states. Yeah, against we the grain. Just gotta build it up. They have a reach of like over 30 states where they can get their beer into. Okay. But it, it, what we've pretty much come and thought about and discussed is like craft beer, it does best when it's local. Yes. When it stays close to where it started, because to get someone in North Dakota to care about this beer when they have a craft brewery around the corner there, it's kind of hard when you got beer sitting in. It's like a, it's, we look at it like selling records. When you got a CD sitting in a store somewhere and no one knows it's there, it's going to sit there until they send it back. And they send it back, that's not good because I'm now they want their money back. Yeah, I would, I'm sweating. Is this. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> that's Does that the mean lights. I need more beer? Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool off. <laughs> Okay. She, she ready, she's ready to go to Follies. Let's go. go. We're going to Strokers next. <laughs> thank you. She's sweating. Hey, thank you. Uh, hey, we thank just you started. No, we no. started now. Thank this you for coming good. by and This is what in. we do. This is, why right. we, this is why Atlantucky Ooh. does, and this is why we find so much joy. Because if you can have a good time and drink our product, and not just ours, but the craft beer in general. You have a good time, you know. Okay. You go out to have a good time, you end up having a good time. I okay. beg Best people, assignment ever. <laughs> try a new beer today. I, I beg you. It don't have to be our beer. Just try a new kind of beer today. Try their beer. If you was going to drink today. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Okay, she thank said you. It. Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. Originally created to fund the move of the old Decatur train depot, 
The first Decatur Barbecue Blues and Bluegrass Festival took place around a flatbed truck on a closed-off Howard Avenue east of Candler. The depot is now occupied by the successful restaurant Kemble House, but the festival continues to raise funds for the community. In 2006, the festival relocated to Harmony Park in Oakhurst. Enjoy classic southern barbecue while listening to blues and bluegrass, and even vegetarians have options with three barbecue vendors offering vegetarian selections. Tickets provide attendees with admission to the event and more than seven hours of live music by local artists. Ticket prices are $20 in advance and $25 at the festival, but food and beverages are extra. Front gate, merchandise tent, and beer stations will take both cash and credit via Square, but attendees are encouraged to pay with cash whenever possible, and there will be ATMs on site. The Decatur Barbecue Blues and Bluegrass Festival happens 2 to 9 p.m., on August 11th in Harmony Park on East Lake Drive in Decatur's Oakhurst neighborhood. Get more information and a complete lineup of performers at DecaturBBQFestival.com. Michigan native Betty Lovett recorded her first single in 1962 at the age of 16. That song, My Man, He's a Lovin' Man, became a top 10 R&B hit. Success would be sporadic and fairly minor in the years that followed, until a French collector of soul music bought the rights to her first album, which was recorded at Muscle Shoals in the early 70s and never issued at the time. The collector released it in 2000. That renewed interest in her music, and she was soon signed to a new record deal that gave us A Woman Like Me, beginning the second and much more successful phase of her career, which continues to this day. That brings her to City Winery on August 5th. The soulful sounds of an earlier time live on in her powerful voice, still a mighty instrument at age 72. Catch Betty Levette at City Winery in Atlanta at 8 p.m. August 5th. Tickets are $24 to $34, and you can find those at citywinery.com Atlanta. It's probably been a while since you've thought about the pokey little puppy, but if that title brings back memories, I've got a real treat for you. The Robert C. Williams Museum of Papermaking is hosting Golden Legacy, original art from 75 years of golden books, which includes 65 masterpieces of original illustration art from such picture book classics as Toodle, Home for a Bunny, The Kitten Who Thought He Was a Mouse, The Color Kittens, and I Can Fly, and, of course, The Pokey Little Puppy. The Pokey Little Puppy was among the first 12 books published in the Little Golden Books series, then owned by publisher Simon & Schuster. According to several sources, including Publishers Weekly, it's the best-selling children's hardcover book of all time, with more than 14 million copies sold. When the series first launched in 1942, it was priced at a very affordable 25 cents. Today, you can get a new copy of The Pokey Little Puppy for $3.99. Golden Legacy, original art from 75 years of golden books, was developed by the National Center for Children's Illustrated Literature in Abilene, Texas, and you can see it here in Atlanta at the Robert C. Williams Museum of Papermaking on the Georgia Tech campus at 510th Street through September 7th. Admission is free and two-hour parking at a dollar per hour is available in front of the museum. Check out all the details at paper.gatech.edu. It's one of the summer's most colorful events as nature puts on a dazzling show at the Dunwoody Nature Center's annual Butterfly Festival. The fest offers three butterfly tents where you'll be surrounded by hundreds of live butterflies. In addition to the butterfly tents, you'll find games, 
crafts, animal encounters, and discovery stations throughout the park. Participate in a nature scavenger hunt and find hidden treasures within Dunwoody Park. Get your face painted like a butterfly and enjoy live music, a birds of prey show, and other entertainment all day long. The 25th Annual Butterfly Festival happens at Dunwoody Nature Center from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. on August 11th, though members get early admission starting at 9 a.m. Tickets are $8 in advance or $4 for ages 4 to 12. They'll go up to $10 and $5 on the day of the event. Get advance tickets and directions to the center at dunwoodynature.org. For more things to do around Metro Atlanta, head to accessatlanta.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith, podcast edited by Ryan Horn, music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. Mm-hmm.